Welcome to the Slay Podcast with Leanne Gabriel. Listen in as she leads and empowers with stories of inspiring women making a difference in today's world. Happy Tuesday, Slay family. This is a very exciting day because I have been really, really, really looking forward to having this special guest today. Hope you're all doing very well. We are being treated today by a woman who is breaking barriers and a woman who is just bringing faith to everyone. And that's an incredible combination. So I want to welcome our guest today from New Jersey, and that is Dr. Brown, who is the pastor of Shiloh Baptist Church in Jersey. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit today, but just so you get to know her a little bit, she has a very exciting athletic background. So she's an athlete and a pastor and her dog is named Deacon, which I found very entertaining as well. (laughs) But um, I'm really thrilled you're here and I'd love for people to get to know you. And the first thing is you are in this tremendous position. Would you take a second and share with everybody what inspired you to pursue being in this career path and being a pastor? Well, at an early age, I... Uh, had a prayer, right? One prayer. That prayer was that God would get the glory out of my life. Hmm. Um, I I remember praying that prayer at about nine years old and not really knowing completely what that would mean, but just knowing that I had a desire to be used of God. Uh, When I was 13 years old, uh, the Lord actually did call me to uh, ministry, uh, Hmm. to the preaching ministry. I, I heard God say, Uh, Danielle, you'll preach the gospel. I didn't know at that point how that call would unfold over the course of time. And so certainly from the time that I was 13 to now, uh, there have been different manifestations of that call. I was an associate minister. I was on staff, um, a staff pastor, uh, sat in a, like in a number two seat, right? As a second in command at a church. And then over the course of time, Uh, my desire to function in ministry uh, as a senior pastor began to intensify. Um, Mm. It was a call, right? I don't know that I ever set out to, you know, like, hey, I'm inspired to be a senior pastor. The inspiration was always, God, I want to live in such a way that you can get the glory out of my life, whatever that means. Mm. And so at different stages in my journey, that has been the motivation. And so when I became uncomfortable functioning outside of that role, uh, but yet still sensed that there were some things that God wanted to do through me and in me um, through as a senior pastor, uh, I wanted to be where God could get the glory out of my life. And so that was my inspiration. Um, for for even responding to the invitation to apply right for for a role uh, of for a senior pastor for an open pulpit so so I think that has been the inspiration and then on top of that um, because I won't say it's just that but the, a deep abiding desire to leave a mark in the world right to to make help help in whatever way I can um, to uh, help people's lives, right? Be a little better because I stopped by that people would, through their encounters with me, come to know God's love for them, right? That those are things that inspire and motivate me. Uh, I was, I heard Dr. William Curtis, who pastors in, uh, in Pittsburgh, 
was telling a story in, in one of his sermons that I was watching on YouTube uh, some time back about a statue that was being built. And in the building of this statue of Jesus, the, the people uh, built it but could not decide on the positioning of Jesus' outstretched hands. And so instead of reconfiguring the statue, they simply changed the inscription that was on the statue. Uh, the inscription initially uh, said something that uh, his hands are open to all, but then the, the, when they changed the inscription, they left the hands off of the statue and changed the inscription to, to say that he has no hands but ours. Oh, wow. And I think that has been the motivation, right? Is that, that in this life, God, I want to be your hands, right? I want to be your hands and your heart in the earth. Um, not so that people encounter me like I'm God, but so that through me, people might know there is a God um, who loves them deeply and wants every good thing uh, for their lives. That, that has been uh, inspiration and motivation for me. That is moving, inspiring, and right now I'm good, you know? <laughs> so as you do that, you know, what, what is the most gratifying part? Are there um, certain times or certain moments or when it is someone comes to know the Lord, like tell us a little bit about the, the best part, so to speak. It's every time someone makes a decision. So, so in my current context, uh, you know, every Sunday when I open the heart in, in our church, I don't say we open the doors of the church because obviously, right, people came in the door, they knew the doors were open. But, but I like to say that the heart of this church is open. Um, so when we extend the invitation for membership, I say the heart of this church is open and we're just waiting for you. Um, mm -hmm. And so when people respond to that call to join this family of God, um, to, to fill that void, right, in the heart of this church, um, that, that is something that is like, wow, man, this work is worth it. Or a few moments ago, a little girl in my congregation, uh, every time she comes into the building, she'll find me. And, and so it's a Tuesday. Uh, she's here after school and, and she just hopped in my office and, you know, come in and pastor, I had a good day at school today, but I'm really tired. She's nine, right? But I'm tired. I'm exhausted, right? Nine. Um, those are the moments too, that are gratifying mm -hmm. that in this journey, there are little girls who will know or be differently informed about what is possible for their lives because they've seen a girl in the seat that I sit in this church. Faith and our faith institutions have informed so much of, of, of what we believe is possible, right? Yes. Um, yes. A lot of the patriarchy in the world, right? Started with what we saw in our faith communities. But there are little girls at Shiloh who are going to think otherwise because uh, they see my picture in the yes. lobby, you know, alongside the nine men who have led this church before me. Um, and because they have an open door policy into my office, they come take mints, you know, and things like that. But, but those are the moments, the moments that, mm. that I'm, I, I say I get to create uh, a space and a level of exposure uh, to a generation of young people who will believe that there are no limits. Um, and those young people are male and female, right? Who will believe that there are no limits to where they can sit and the spaces that they can occupy 
um, because they saw uh, me sit in, in this space. You know, it's, it is such, there's so many levels of how it's extraordinary that you're breaking barriers, whether it's, you know, culturally, whether it's for young women, whether it's for people just in the church in general, you're opening so many doors and traditionally Baptist church, it is dominated and led by men. So to say that you are kicking the door down is quite an understatement. Would you mind sharing a little bit about, you know, what was your journey like? And, you know, did you face obstacles? How was it trying to, you know, be the first, what did you say? Well, a long line of men yeah. <laughs> in where typically a, a male would be doing the sermons, et cetera. So there were, I, I have to be honest, I appreciate God for the generation of women in ministry who have gone before me, right? Uh, yes. My mentor, Dr. Cynthia L. Hale, who pastors in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, she is my spiritual mother and mentor. Uh, Dr. Gina Stewart, Dr. Elaine Flake, uh, Dr. Claudette Copeland, Bishop Corletta Vaughn. There are so many women who have gone before me. And so I have to say this because in my journey, because of the work that they did, I get to walk on sidewalks, mm. right? I get to walk on paved sidewalks <laughs> because they blazed the trails ahead of me. Yes. I'm not gonna say that the road has been easy, right? Because there's still a whole lot of dismantling and, and uh, norms or cultural norms that, that we're still kind of faced with. Um, that, you know, it, it's gonna take time, right? It's gonna take time and it takes a lot of work. Uh, my journey, uh, it, to me, it's been incredible. It has not been an easy journey, but I think um, it wasn't as hard as it could be. Hmm. Uh, I have worked, I, I, the Lord called me to ministry, I, I shared at 13, but I was in a ministry context that was not um, volatile or hostile toward the idea of women in ministry. I grew up in a church that our executive pastor was a woman. Um, oh, and okay. so, so I grew up seeing a woman uh, in a, a, a second seat, like a supporting role. Um, so, so women in ministry were not foreign. My, my pastor in childhood invited women to come and preach. In fact, that's how I met Dr. Hale. When I was 14 years old, I had my first encounter with Dr. Hale and she was just kind to me, the epitome of what a woman in ministry was. And if I was ever going to be a woman in ministry and really respond to God's call, I would tell my pastor, I want to be like Dr. Hale because she was kind and, and she seemed yeah. like there was nothing else that she wanted to do other than uh, lead people and do the work of ministry, right? Uh, I went to, I wrestled with my call for, for roughly three years before I said anything really? to anyone, because my thing was preaching women are grown women, right? That the women that I knew who were in ministry were not children. Mm. Then I get to college. When I got to college, uh, of course, college years, you're trying to do everything opposite of what you did in your childhood at home, right? So I had all these great plans for this normal college life I was going to have, but what is normal, right? When, when the hand of God is on you and is guiding you and directing you in a certain way. And in college, I made so many friends and, and these friends were preaching. Uh, they were, they were signed, sealed, delivered, turned over to ministry. And I'm saying, what in the world? Young people are preachers. <laughs> so the sense of call just intensified in my college years. I taught for five years 
uh, in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, and, and during that time, I learned a lot about myself, but I also understood that my career was not going to be in education, but, but it would be in ministry. I didn't know how, um, yeah. I didn't know where. Yeah. And that year, uh, the year was probably 2005, Christmas was on a Sunday. And um, the, my executive pastor called and she's asking, Danielle, when are you coming home for Christmas? And I'm like, oh, I'll be home, you know, this day. And she says, okay, I want to meet with you after church. And I'm saying, what in the world could you want to talk to me about after church on a Sunday, on Christmas, right? It's Christmas day. On Christmas day, yes. So I go in her office and she says, well, Bishop and I, we've been praying about this and we want to know if you want to come on staff full-time as the youth minister. And I'm saying all year, the Lord has been talking to me about being in full-time ministry, but I didn't know how, I didn't know where, and mm -hmm. here it is. I didn't seek it out. I, I wasn't, I just knew that God and I were having these conversations and I'm saying, well, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do so that you can get the glory out of my life, right? The same theme. Consequently, I, I said, yes, right? I came home, I served on staff at that church for 15 years and in different seasons, I've held three different positions, four different positions in oh 15 years uh, in that space. And it was, it was clear. I didn't seek out the changes. I was just working, right? And as I worked, it was almost as if the work that I was doing was carving out room. And so sometimes we think that we have to pursue. And I'm not going to say that there is no value, uh, Leanna, in yeah. pursuit, yeah. right? So some women, some of you women that are listening to this, if it is your season to pursue, then you better pursue right? That there's sometimes you wait for God to come find you, but then there's other times that you have to go knocking on doors to see if Jesus is home, right? <laughs> but in my case, I didn't have to do that. That destiny came and found me. And so at this season, I started to feel that, that I was being called to a different manifestation of that call, right? That, that it was time for me to be a senior pastor, to, to be a senior leader uh, in, in, in a faith community. But I didn't know where, I didn't know how, I didn't know what. And then a firm actually contacted me. They contacted one of my college friends and uh, that college friend recommended me and the firm happened to say, wait a minute, we keep hearing her name. That, that everyone that we call around the country because it was a, a search firm, executive search firm. Sure. And they're asking for recommendations and people kept saying, Danielle Brown, Danielle Brown. And so that's how my relationship with the search firm started. The first opportunity that was extended to me, I did not get. I got all the way down to the wire and they chose someone else. Oh, interesting. Now, so my were, you, were, were you initially disappointed or did oh, you? disappointed? I mean, rejection is no easy thing. Who, who likes rejection? Who, Nobody. Who even Nobody. does well but with God rejection? just had bigger plans for you. That's <laughs> right. <all>. Or a <laughs> different plan that was yeah. more tailor-made to who I am and to time yeah. and opportunity, right? So rejection, I didn't get it. And my feelings were hurt. And I said, I'll never do this again. I don't care who calls me asking oh. me to enter a search. It was too emotionally draining. It was too much. When I am in a place that I, I'm comfortable with, I could do this work with my eyes closed in the place that I was in because I knew the place so well, it, all of that. Um, my mentor, I called my mentor. So, so some time went by 
the same search firm called me again and said, hey, things didn't work out with that first opportunity, but there's another opportunity in your area. And we think that this one will be a great fit. There were two things that I did not want to do. Waste time in a long drawn out process and two, be rejected again. I was going to say, I know what the second one's going to be. Right? <laughs> and so I, I call my mentor and um, I tell her, I'm like, hey, you know, these people called me back, but I said, I'm never going to do this. And she's like, and you sound real stupid. And I was like, uh, excuse me. Like, and she's like, no, you sound real stupid that the people call you, you know, that God has called you to this. Um, and you're saying that you're not going to respond to the opportunity that will get you to the place that you say that you know that God has called you to be. Mm. I'll put a bookmark there and say that we all need strong mentors. Yes. We need some people who can see further than we can see and some folks who will not let us become complacent and comfortable oh. in places. Amen to that. Appointment, right? Mm. That, that people who will help us to heal from things like rejection, disappointment, failure, but not let us wallow there. And so I appreciate uh, my uh, mentor for the fact that she didn't let that happen to me. She, she did not let me wallow in um, that uh, experience or, or wallow in uh, that rejection. But she said, you sound real stupid. And so I prayed about it. Um, God said to me, what two th I told God the two things that, that I had uh, concerns about. And what the Lord said back to me was, is any experience wasted if I'm in it with you? Mm. I'm like, you know what, God, you're right. So let me go. So I, I applied. I, I submitted my name. I'll tell you this, to make a long story short, um, <laughs> it wasn't a long drawn out process. My first meeting with the search committee was like in March. Um, by May, I knew that I was their final choice that's quick quick that is really so quick. god honored two things i didn't get rejected and it wasn't a long drawn out process <laughs> um and so all of the difficult points in my journey and my journey has been so long i've been in ministry all of my adult life um I've been preaching all of my, I've been preaching more years of my life than I have not been preaching. So, sure. so that, that's a lot more than we can cover in this uh, brief interview or this brief time together. But I will say this, all of the pain, all of the struggle, all of the disappointments that I have ever experienced on my journey, this season right now, where I am right now makes all of that worth it. And so if my story can be any encouragement to someone who has not yet reached that other side, yes, um, it's worth telling, right? That, that there will come a point when all of these things will come together, where the scripture that says all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to, right? There comes a point where if you just keep on moving, right? You keep your, your focus on what you believe you were born to do, being in the places that you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to be doing it, there comes a point where all of the things will come together. Everything will align. And you will look back and say, man, I'm glad I had that hurtful experience yes. because in that hurtful experience, I learned some things. 
experience, right? I learned some things in the storm that fair weather could not teach me. I learned some things in failure that victory could not teach me. And so there comes a point when it all comes together. And I think that I'm in that season now where I'm looking back and I'm like, man, that hurt. I could have gone without that experience, but I'm glad I had it because now I see, right? Where that experience was part of my preparation for where I am now and where I am today. Incredible message. And that applies to every journey everyone's going through as they're struggling, getting rejected and moving on to the next level of whatever they're up to. What an yeah. awesome message. So now that you're in this moment and you have all of this going on, where do you um, see yourself going? Where do you feel called? What do you want to have this? What do you want your long-term impact to be? Some dreams or visions? So I, I want my church or the church that God has trusted to me, because I don't own Shiloh, right? I, I, am, I am honored and blessed to be the pastor, but these are God's people. This is God's church. I would like for this church to grow uh, spiritually, numerically. Uh, I, I have prayed from day one that God would give me the insight and wisdom to lead in such a way that spiritual vitality is always the portion of Shiloh. That Shiloh would also be a safe place for all people, for all people to come and mm -hmm. to meet God and to experience God and have an encounter with God's love, right? With God's love, with God's transformative power, with the empowerment that only comes, right, from knowing God and having an anchor uh, in God. Sunday, I preached about the, the spirit of God that sometimes when we, our, our grip gets a little shaky because we're human, right? Then, then every now yeah. and then it's like, God, I know that I'm supposed to be doing this or, you know, what, whatever, right? Your higher power may be that you know that, that there's something that is calling you. But uh, I'm so glad that the spirit of God, uh, even when our grip gets shaky, God's grip does not. Yes. So when we can't hold that the spirit will hold us. I, I want Shiloh to be a place that lets people know that beyond the shadow of the doubt, right? That, that there is a, a God who loves them beyond any love that they've ever experienced. Um, and, and not just for those of us that are here now, I want to build a legacy of transformation, a legacy of empowerment, a legacy mm -hmm. of, of uh, just people who turn the world upside down for generations that are to come, some yet unborn, right? Who will know that there are no limits and that when you are good to people, when you, uh, like scripture says, that when you walk humbly, uh, love mercy, walk humbly with God, right? Love, ju do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God, that there are some things that can happen for you and in you and around you. And, and I wanna build that kind of legacy for, for days to come. Personally, I will be very honest about where I am personally. I have accomplished, and I, in ministry, of being a senior pastor was not necessarily a goal, right? I think that it, it's a call. It wasn't something I set out like, hey, one day I'm gonna be a senior. That's not how my journey was. But all of the goals that I set for myself, I've accomplished. So I've been in this really strange place. And I, don't, I hope that this can be beneficial to somebody out there. Right? I'm sure it is, yes. Um, and, and so I think that with all of this happening, 
um, having the opportunity to even travel the country to preach and share convictions about the Lord and, and to meet people and, and, and encounter folks and, you know, all of the things that God does personally, I think that I am in a place of kind of redefining mm. who I am, right? Or, or even reimagining, that's it, reimagining what possibility looks like for my future right, individual, because there's the things that we do, right, but then there's us, like, as, as a person, me, me as a person, me personally, what is it, what, what does it look like, and, and I think when you've done something, or you've been away for so long, and I'm one of those people that is task and process oriented, right, so it's like, hey, I'm going to get a doctorate, and so I went to school, I have five degrees, but I did that pretty much back to back to back, because right? We're going to get it done. A goal is to have a doctorate. And so we're going to work toward that goal. But when you are oriented or when you're, you're wired that way, um, tapping into imagination sometimes becomes a task, right? It's not as easy because you've kind of, you can map out when you start to, to deal with like kind of reimagining and tapping into your imagination and possibility that is beyond what you've already seen for yourself. Yes. That's that scary space. And I'm in that space now that with all of the things and wonderful things that, that are happening, um, the, the being able to lead Shiloh, I also am in a place of reimagining what are some new goals for the next 10 sure. or, you know, five to 10 years of my life. And, and what are the things that, because I believe that every decision I make impacts us 10 years out. Right. And yes. so, so we kind of live like in the, in the moment. Um, but every one decision we make is going to ripple into 10 years from now. And yes. so being mindful of how, how do my decisions today impact uh, goals 10 years from now, right? Or, or who I will be. So I hope, I hope that answers the question that I can't completely say. Oh, fabulous. Um, but my yes. vision, I'm still in that reimagining stage. But for Shiloh, I want this church to be a, just full of life, uh, intergenerational, uh, a place where people can come and be empowered and that informs them that they have authority, that they've got a place in the world and that they are not in this world by themselves. That, that matters to me. That's that all people feel that they are not by themselves. Now, um, in case somebody's watching this, they're like, I want to go see her. Can you tell everybody where you are in New Jersey? First sure. Of we are in Plainfield, New Jersey. Shiloh Baptist Church is located at 515 West 4th Street uh, in, in Plainfield, New Jersey, kind of central New Jersey. Uh, we are okay. also online every Sunday. Uh, at my next question. You beat me to it. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so we stream every Sunday, uh, stream live at 9 o'clock a.m. Uh, on Facebook. So uh, Shiloh Baptist Church, Plainfield. If you search that, uh, it'll pop up. And you can even, if you want to go back and kind of watch uh, old services, uh, they're all right there, right mm -hmm. on, on uh, uh, Facebook. And so you can chime in that way. Uh, just let us know. Uh, if you join us live, uh, let us know in the comments that you met us here at Slay. I came ah. to Slay and Slay sent me. Um, <laughs> and our team, you know, will, will be kind to you in the comments. Uh, and, and all of that, but we'd be glad to see you in person or virtually. That it's so, it's so incredible because we have people who watch from different parts of the country, so they can't make it to you. 
you know, thank goodness for technology. That's the one good Absolutely. thing that came out of the pandemic is we all learned how to do all these new tricks online, right. you know, Zoom and, and everything. I'll, I'll tell you this, even on the church end, so we have right-handed fellowship where we confirm, you know, new members officially yes. to the folds uh, every first Sunday. And this, in the month of May, we had a family who flew in from Las Vegas, Nevada, because they watch, you know, they're, they're virtual, they attend church every Sunday virtually, but they wanted to join and, and they wanted awesome. to be their pastor. And so they joined online. But when it came to right-handed fellowship, they said, let's go to New Jersey because we want to officially shake her hand um, for our amazing. official com confirmation. So we've also had people who are in Saudi Arabia, as far as Saudi Arabia, wow. join. So, so we have been done everything to be innovative and also relevant to the times. That one of the things the pandemic has done is shown us that things can be done in more than one way. Right. Yes. And so we have also established uh, what I call VFAM. And so that's our virtual fellowship and ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there are many options for connecting with Shiloh. Or if you just want to eavesdrop on Shiloh, that's fine too. We're just glad <laughs> that you came. <laughs> well, I know you have Bible study and I want to make sure yes. that I respect your time, but I can't thank you enough for being here, uh, thank for you what you're for doing for what you're doing in, in the spiritual and faith world for what you're doing for young women. Cause the same way you watch that young woman as a young woman, you saw someone and that opened your eyes. Not only will that be at the church, but now with zoom and Facebook and all this technology, there could be somebody sitting in Arizona and because they see you, their life takes a different direction. Right. Right. So I appreciate you so much. Enjoy Bible study. And thank you for blessing thank us you. with us. Uh, for all of you watching this, if you are watching this on Facebook and you want to leave a comment or question, she will be able to um, check those because she has joined the group so you can comment to her. And if you are watching this on YouTube, uh, which will be up in a little bit, then please make sure you can leave comments there too and subscribe to the channel so we can have more people learn about her because she is quite the powerhouse. So thank you so much. I thank really you. appreciate you, Dr. Brown. Thank you. And nice being with all of you ladies. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Slay Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to join our exclusive Facebook group, you can reach out to Leanna and her staff at slaywithlg at gmail.com. That's S-L-A-E with L-G at gmail.com.